I love that song. I love all the songs that talk about Jesus setting us free. Even that old, old, old song, He set me free. He, set me free. he broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm old. I just have to remember some things sometimes. You know. But all those songs have always grilled me. I've got just minimal time to share with you this Let's see, it's 11.38 and 22 minutes. That will be 12. So I've got 12 minutes. I'm supposed to finish it 10 minutes ago. That's that. That's okay. So I think I can do that. I want you to look in your Bible with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll give you some scripture. You may not have time to find just jot them down so you can look at them later if you'd like to. I do think it's a good thing for you to go back and read. This week, go back and read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm going to give you a, a, a basis of understanding for that chapter, I hope, that will make it very meaningful to you in light of all that we're doing today in this church that God has given us to explore His wonders and His glories and His Word together. So I share with you this morning, Second uh, 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 Corinthians chapter nine, and this is verse. Um, this is verse something rather five. <laughs> Sometimes the type's a little too small. This is this is starting in chapter at verse five. And Paul is saying. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go ahead. To go on ahead to you. I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you. Meet you in advance. And to range in advance for the gift you have promised. So that it may be ready as a willing gift and not as an extraction. Prior to this, great suffering had hit Jerusalem and the saints at Jerusalem, which was really the mother church of the movement of Christ at that time. And great suffering. And, 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 and there were people who just had lost so much and and, and, and had been victimized so much. There were, there were a lot of poor people. Not the chronically poor. These people had just been hit with hard times. And so in the compassion of the church, leaders had gone to churches around the, that, that, had, that were growing. It wasn't like this today, but there were many churches in many places. They went to those churches and they told them about the needs of the saints in Jerusalem and asked them to prepare to help them on, at a special time when they would receive an assistance offering, a compassion offering to help them. And pledges were made by churches in various places, including this church at Corinth that we're speaking about this morning, that Paul is writing to about this occasion. And so what Paul writes to them is... We have gone around and asked you to give, and you have pledged or promised. They, they promised, and a promise is a pledge, a pledge is a promise. So they had promised to give to support of the saints of Jerusalem. And at a given time, the rounds would be made again, and the offerings would be taken and, and taken in. So now Paul is saying, since we did that, and time has passed, we've communicated to you that we will be coming. I wanted to take the next step. And he said, I thought it necessary to urge the brothers. I got some of my followers and helpers, and Paul had a, a retinue, a, a, a 
combination of people to help him, and urged the brothers to go on ahead to you. They're going in advance of us. We're coming to collect the offerings that you promised. These brothers are going on ahead of you and helping to make sure that you are ready when we come. Because when we come, we want the offerings to be there. That's why we let you know in advance, he said, so you can accumulate the offerings and you'll build it up. And when we come to take the offering back to the poor and the needy in Jerusalem, it will already be there. So we're sending these brothers ahead to make sure you've done what you said you would do. A little bit tougher than we are, I guess. We don't plan to do that. But that's what Paul did, and they had to do it because of the means of communication. You know, today we can send emails and letters and texts and all kinds of ways to communicate with people. Some people even do it by Facebook. Well, why didn't you know? I can't imagine you didn't know that. It was on Facebook. That's exactly the reason I didn't know it. So, so anyway, so he said, we want you to go ahead and, and arrange. We sent them ahead. I'm reading now from verse 5. And to arrange in advance for the gift you've promised. We want to come and let you know that we were, we're, we're coming to accept the promises, the giving of the, of the promises that have been fulfilled. We're coming around. We're going to be there in whatever it was, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, whatever. We're giving you advance notice. And when we show up, we want it to be there. And the reason we want it to be there is because we don't want to come and make it seem that for your sake and for ours, we don't want to make it seem like we've come in, we're making an extraction. That's not what we're doing. That's the last part of this verse. So that it may be ready as a willing gift and not an extraction. We want you Corinthians to do willingly what you have promised to do and what God has led you to do. Your promise was a leading of God, and we want you to do that. He didn't want it to be an extraction. I'm glad he didn't. You know what an extraction is. That's when you kind of take it and pull it and you have to jerk it out. Nobody wants to do that. We will never do that in this church. Paul wasn't going to do that either. That's what they call pulling a tooth extraction. So that's not what we want to do and not what we will do. We want to follow the Lord in the same spirit of compassion and love and giving for God's work as he has spoken of in his word. So he wanted to be a willing gift. Now, he goes on to say this. By the way, I'm reading this from the English Standard Version. So he goes on to say this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, I read that right out of the word. It's virtually word for word with what it is in the King James. So that's exactly what Paul is teaching us taught me this. He's teaching all of us this. If we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. I don't know what that sparingly is. I don't know what he's going to take away. It's more than finances. I know that. I don't know what together, altogether bountiful is because that's more than finances too. But I know that when God deals with us, when he, when he doesn't provide and when he does provide, the difference is because of our faithfulness to him. The grace of God brings us into faithfulness. This is what Jesus said in the very same vein of what Paul was teaching. He said, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, 
and it shall be given unto you. It's very straightforward. Jesus said it. Give and it shall be given unto you. In this way, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You know, when you put it in a box or in a bushel basket or something like that, and, it, and it's kind of loose and you shake it, and when you shake it, it settles down, you can put more in. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Shall he give into your bosom? Some translations say, oh, he put it in your lap. I think in either way. Bosom or lap, doesn't matter. Because he will provide it. Good measure, breast down, shaking down, running over, shall men give into your bosom. He doesn't say he has to create a miracle for it. He'll just give you favor. So blessings come. And favor of God means the blessing of God in great abundance. For the for with us, listen to this now. I don't want to get out of what the scripture says, so you just believe what you read it, read it, and follow exactly from the scripture. For with the same measure that you give, or that you meet it out to give, with the same measure that you give, it shall be given back to you again. I am so glad Jesus said it and Pastor Bill didn't have to be the one to originate that. It's right there. And that's the bountiful blessing of God. So what does that mean? It means when we obey God, we reap the benefits. When we obey God, we reap the benefits. The blessings come when we obey God. When we do what God has told us to do, He will, oh, he will bless us for our obedience. I found this again and again and again. When God asks me to obey, it's not because He wants to take something from me. It's because He wants to give something to me. You ought to say amen to that in a big, loud amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> when God asks something from you, He asks some of you to obey Him and do something for Him. When God asks you for something, it's not because God needs what you can give to Him. I can tell you what my gift is in the first fruits gift this morning. I tell you, God doesn't need that any more than He needs a doctor's bit. <laughs> the only way you ever know the difference is because I walk around sad that I didn't do what God told me to do. That's, yeah. It is isn't God that God needs what you and I have. It's that He wants to give us more of what He has. And when we give to Him, He'll give to us. That's His plan. That's His purpose. That's what He says. I'm already one minute over now. I'll tell you what, this is so good, I wish I could keep on. I'd like to hear it. I, I need the encouragement of this. I, I want to hear what God's giving me to say. Oh, I'm going to give you just the rest. I'll take one more minute. Here's the rest of it. Go back now to 2 Corinthians. And Paul says, the point is this. All right, Corinthians, you're prospered, you're blessed. People need us to give. This is the point of what I'm saying to you, Corinthians. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's the point of it. And this is the next thing. You've heard this so many times, maybe out of context. This is the next thing. He said, each one must give. This is first assembly. This is the kingdom of God. This is God's plan. This is everybody. This is what God said. 
Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. There's no, there's no number for you that's been assigned to you to give. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly, nor under compulsion. Have we said again and again and again, there's no, there's, there's no requirement, there's no pull, there's no push. This is to ask you to do what God speaks to you to do. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. When you're made to give it, this is the quota for you. That's hard to be cheerful about it. It is for me. It would be for me. This is not a car payment, folks. This is not a mortgage payment. This is an act of obedience to God as to what God has said to us. He may have changed it for you since you walked in here. He kind of advanced me a little bit last night. That's why I'm saying that. He just might do something like that. But if he does, you'll know it because you'll hear the voice of God. I'll tell you something. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know all I was going to say this morning. You did get this recorded, didn't you? Okay. They promised me they did. I want to hear this again. I'm not sure what all I said. i got to go back and hear this again. But I believe God said something that I might want to hear again, and you might want to also. But the important thing is you've heard it now. You've heard just what God, I believe, has given I will tell you, and, and this is honest and true, I don't come to this pulpit unprepared. I came prepared today, however, only by prayer and these two scriptures. I read them and read them and read them and read them and read them. And let God speak to me through them. And I just said, God, give me what I'm supposed to share with your people this morning. And I believe I've done that with all of my heart. And I hope you've received it as a message from God. Not just from me. I know I am God's servant for this church. I know that with all my heart. But this is not about me. It's not about Billy. It's not about Carolyn. It's just, just, this is about one single simple thing. Obeying God as we understand Him to speak to us. As we understand what we hear from God, obey that. If that takes faith and it takes sacrifice, there are many, many people who have gained a program I paid a price. I can say that many times in my life where I've gained and been moved forward because I've paid a price. And I know I'm, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying my best to stop. <laughs> I, 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 I paid a price to be here. Over about 10 years ago, I started to pray. Pray for God to put me somewhere that I could benefit his kingdom. I didn't want to sit around and be tired. You're tired and don't do anything else. God bless you. I love you. I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I want to do something for God to fill out my life. I was healthy and, and I felt well. I still am today, thank God. But I wanted to do something with the rest of my life. I didn't want to just sit down and wait to die. And I just, I prayed and I prayed for two and a half years for God to put me in a place I'll tell you all I I have so many ideas about what I thought God could do. And then one day I went over to Orange Park Assembly of God. It was something I didn't know what the name was, so they changed it so many times. I went over there on Kingsley Avenue, that little congregation with a handful of people. And found out suddenly, shockingly, to my surprise, this is where God put me after all that prayer. But 
That's all we've got. That's all we've got. 